Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Teachers and moms may not be known for swearing, but when we're off duty, we let out all the words we can't normally say. So if you're around small children or others who may not like our language, you might want to listen in another place. Hello, welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany. I'm Goodwin. And today we're reading chapter 12 of Cold Fire. Grab a cup of coffee. Or tea. Or a drink of choice. And let's make it obvious. Like, really, really fucking obvious. In chapter 12, Daja is feeling better. So she takes Jory's meditation to the next step, which is basically... Jory standing in the middle of a circle and Daja randomly trying to hit her while Jory tries to be one with everything and block it. Then Daja skates past the remnants of the latest fire, kind of tries to see what happened, can't really get a beat on it, heads back home, meets Nia, they meditate. We learn from Frost Pine that the counterfeiting case is all wrapped up. Ben comes to visit. Daja suggests that the arsonist sure. is evil and wants revenge on Ben. But he's not so sure. Daja shows him her progress on the gloves. And when she mentions a suit will take time, he worries she's giving up on him. Daja tells him Haluda is on the arson case. He almost drops the gloves. And he confirms that Haluda salt is the best. Then just before he leaves, he asks her again not to let him down. Part one of our three-step reading process is reading like a novice. This is where we talk about what we liked and didn't like about the chapter. Or actually, I should just say, this is the part where Brittany and I debate Ben. I, I thought I've uh, already said a lot about Ben these past several yeah. chapters. So I was going to be calm this one. Tag me in. Tag me in. Tag, you're it. Fuck Ben. What a fucking weirdo. 
What a creep. What a fucking little <laughs> rat bastard. How dare he? Wretched little gremlin man. Me and all my homies so, hate Ben. This is probably my favorite Ben scene so far. I feel like more than ever, we really, really get to see what's going on in his head. The bit where she says, whoever is doing this must just be evil. Like, so evil that you would be able to, like, recognize them as soon as they walked past you on the street. And then Ben's like, I forgot that you're only 14. He is absolutely correct. And that's not to say that what he's doing is good or that he's justified in any way. I mean, that's that gets at what the heart of this book, right? That there isn't really like a black and white good and evil because he is this kind of decent person who did these really great things and is also doing horrible, horrible things at the same time. Then he basically tells her why and talks about, yeah, you know, I just think maybe this person has been shat on all his life and is kind of sick of it and is trying to fight back because that is exactly what's going on. I absolutely love the complexity of this scene. And it's just magnificent. I, I do agree with that. It's very, like you said, it's kind of the whole theme of the book, that evil isn't something that you can just see in a person just by walking by. It's not always going to be this physical, literal manifestation where you just always get bad bad vibes from someone. I don't want to say that evil resides in all of us, but like everyone's capable of doing something bad if they're given enough of a, maybe not incentive, but you know, given the right motivator people are capable of some really horrible shit sometimes they might even feel justified in doing it that's just human nature i think i am the best and the worst of humanity the same atoms that made up gandhi are the same atoms that made up hitler this is why i don't think being a good person inherently it doesn't feel to me like being good is the default it's a conscious struggle between doing what's right and doing what you want basically this is why when i say that like humanity as a whole is good is people try to be good to people but no worst best humanity in all of us you just gotta learn what to do with it i can see myself in been a little bit growing up it was kind of hard sometimes not this level of craziness i would in his life but uh I would feel like sometimes that I didn't have a lot of friends growing up either. And I would feel like people would give up on me a lot too. And I would just move from group to group to group. I feel bad for the guy, kind of. But at the same time, like, you got to push past that, become a better person. Say, fuck all you people. Like, just because you didn't see the worth in me doesn't mean that I'm going to go kill people, I guess. I kind of feel bad for him, but at the same time, it's like, dude, you can't use that as an excuse. It's it's not an excuse. You can't do it. If I don't just go about cleaving people's skulls open because they slight me, Brachacho cannot set fires. Just saying. Like, right? right? I'm a very violent person. I don't know if y'all have noticed that. No. Just, you know, I, I... Indy having violent tendencies? No. Like, just things that you find out about. Ben is a very human character. He thinks that he's doing what needs to be done to protect his city and to prevent tragedies like what had happened to his family. 
I think he yep. started off that way, but ever since people died in that one fire, he's like, ooh, I have power now. I have control. I'm like a god. And so that has gotten to him. I think he started off wanting to do the best for his city and try to get people trained and try to help everybody. But ever since the death of people, he feels like he has some kind of power over his life because he has no other power in his life whatsoever. Because mm-hmm. his mom controls every single thing that he does. I think I'd agree with you, Brittany. When people died, it was kind of a turning point. Yes. I, I think that was sort of the point of no return for him. If they had figured out it was him before he killed anyone, he might have been able to be redeemed and like they may have been able to bring him back. There's not really any saving him at this point. Nope. See, one of the things that I really like about Ben's character is that he is very, very human. And a lot of the times we see a villain who is irredeemable. They are a horrible, terrible, awful person that has no redeeming qualities at all. But something that I love about Pierce's writing, especially with Ben, Molly and I have had this conversation. Ben is the most human we've ever seen a villain. We're steadily watching his descent into madness. Because he's not evil, necessarily. He's human. He's making shitty decisions. That's what is going to make it so much harder and sadder for Adaja later on. And I want to see this face, see I want to see pure evil. And like, Dodge, it's not that simple. But people aren't either yeah. good or bad. You've seen the face of evil, air quotes, can't see him, podcast. She knows who he is. She's seen him and she idolizes him. She idolizes him, thinks he's a hero. And like you said, bad people can do good things. And she doesn't realize that this person that she idolizes is the person that's doing these evil things is there anything else in this chapter that's not been related that we need to talk about (sighs) um i really enjoy jory and daja's interactions jory tells daja and i quote you're not human, which I'm pretty sure one of the four said about one of their teachers in the first four books. Also, I'm pretty sure this is Joy, but it could be Nia. One of the girls says, Daja, you sound just like my parents. LOL, hashtag teacher moments. (laughs) That was Jory. Uh, Yeah, Jory. Oh yeah. And I agree with Nia. I would not want to do Jory's meditation either. I don't like getting hit. Thank you very much. I will sit quietly. He's just tapping. I don't like sitting quietly either. I don't like either of these meditations. I want to do something moving that does not require me to defend myself. I like the stick. I like the stick too. I think it's cool. I think I like fall asleep with the other meditation. Yeah, I've done that. (laughs) Also, in a previous episode, uh, Goodwin asked why Daja didn't just put the fire out. We get the answer in this chapter. Mm-hmm. Like she specifically says, like, "Oh yeah, when it's a small fire, I can just snuff it out. But once it's the size of a house, is too big, too big, too much." Uh, and going back to Ben for a minute, I forgot I did have one other thing about Ben. She asks him a question, and I forgot what the question was, but he doesn't answer it, and that's significant. It's about the magistrate. 
Yeah, if uh, he told her about it or not. I do have... Distracting her with all this other stuff. And you're like, let me avoid the question. But as soon as she mentions Haluda Salt, she's like, oh yeah, I was talking to Haluda Salt. And he's like, oh shit. Oh fuck. Oh no. <laughs> fuck. Okay, we're we're gonna we're gonna go cute for a little bit. Hold on. Don't try to outthink me. Maybe you can one day, but not today. I'm in my center in my empty space and I go where I like. I just love that. Dodge is just like, bitch, try me. Let's go. <laughs> Dodge talking to the wind. Now you're as nice as a kitten. Oh, I love the way that feels. Her mother always said it wasn't polite to mock other people's gods. As someone who does not follow a traditional pantheon of any sort, I try to be as open-minded about other people's gods and like supportive in other people's journeys with religion. Don't mock other people's gods. It makes them feel very angry for some reason. Like, it's like faith is an important part to some people. Like, the fuck is that about um her walking through the house some of like the uh things that are pulled out like specifically like the uh old-fashioned hourglass its brass parts melted to globs charred closed embezzled uh, embezzled and frozen mud melted jewelry a set of false teeth in enamel over metal i like my entire life burned down in my mama's house and I lost everything, pretty much. And I remember going through and going, oh, this is what this used to be. This is what this used to be. Rereading it, I got really, really emotional because I was thinking back on on that. And, like, it really stands out to me about that. Her talking right. about uh, Sandry's letter, having to sit there and digest what happened with Sandry. Not the same thing, but it's might be. <laughs> It was the evil of the worst kind. Such evil would show on his face. The mages would find him. There would be no way he could escape capture. And then he would get the traditional penalty for fire setters burning. His evil would be cleansed. I have some love-hate with this. And one of the reasons I wanted to actually bring this one up is because we burned witches at stakes on hearsay. We did that with a lot of different types of people. Just purely on hearsay. Fire is a very unpleasant way to go. It really is. Like, I would rather drown and I'm terrified of water. Like, it, it's horrible. And I don't know, like, just the uh, I'm having a lot of emotions this week, just like letting y'all know. <laughs> Jury talking about uh, Arnon and how he's like super quiet with everybody else, but super chatty with her. Just love that. It's so cute. Speaking of cute, let's talk about Frostpine. <laughs> um, I'll tell you later. For now, you may rejoice that I am amongst you again. So, <laughs> Me and so, my dramatic ass. So saucy. <laughs> and then I love the response from Daja. And she's like, if you're going to be saucy, I'm going to go upstairs. And, yeah. and then whispers to him, good work for an old man. <laughs> I love it so much, though. We didn't find out if they were connected to the illusionists at the Mage Society Ball, and I'm sad. The impropriety. Moral colonial outrage. How dare a female child talk to an adult man? Alone in her room. 
the improper. Admittedly, that is admittedly it that is, is a little, little creepy. Sus. It's a little <laughs> sus. But like, she is a whole really, ass mage. It really depends on um, context, right? I'm not trying to compare this, but like Brittany's kid in ten years will be a teenager. In less than ten years, will be a teenager. Her being somewhere by herself with say Goodwin or TK would be totally normal. Now, obviously, this is that's a very different relationship than what Daja has with Ben. But I'm just saying, like, and just to say it's a teenage girl and an adult man doesn't necessarily make it. It's not exactly correct. Oh, but for us, probably they would have been okay. Yeah. In a relationship already. They, it's fine. But this is a man she hardly knows. Uh, I wouldn't want some random ass man that I hardly know in my teenage daughter's room. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. I don't think absolutely. so. It's I not just, that I don't trust my daughter. I don't trust the guy. I, I think it's different right. in the book because she technically is like an adult and can theoretically she's, stop anything that could happen that's true but she's also 14 hormones get in the way the other thing is she's potentially like marrying age in exactly the book, in Neyborn, and he's a widower for them in their society that is potentially a genuine concern i don't get the impression that she has any interest in him that way well, and definitely not. if he tried to pull shit she would fuck him up. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I can definitely see how in their society they'd be like, mm, she's right about that age where she's about to get married and he is looking for a wife. We need everything to be on the up and up. Especially keep the with door, keep the door open. Like gossip about her and shit. Yeah. And yeah. where we can see them door open. <laughs> I mostly highlighted that not just because of the colonial outrage, which I just. I love saying that word, sorry. Tris uh, had once remarked crossly that people thought mages had the moral of cats. <laughs> I wonder why. I wonder if that's just, like, because they don't follow a lot of, like, local customs on that sort of stuff, or if it's because they're literally just, they have magic powers and can just kind of do whatever. So They can just do what they want. I could yeah. understand if she'd only been like around frost pine, but Nico is like prim and proper. He he would never. And then like Rose Thorn and Lark, they're cute and they're to they're together. We I, I feel like that's the case. But like they don't go off doing whatever with people, I don't think. I could definitely see Lark or Rose Thorn, but especially Lark sleeping around with people. What was the name of that lady in that's the, the French that would take the women from the thing. One of you has a thing about her. The, the, oh, the, the oh, oh, um, um, uh, Julie D'Avani. She literally wooed a nun. And yes, I can definitely see Lark being that person because Julie was an opera star. And like she went around and she performed for people. And then she also wooed a nun, burned down the convent after escaping with her nun lover and got into a fight with no less than three people simultaneously because she was dancing with their girl. Yes, Lark equals Julie Diabini 100%. Yeah. Nope, I accept it. It's canon. Especially because I'm pretty sure that history doesn't know exactly what happened to her because all this shit went down before she was like 25. 
some people think that she just like went back to her husband because she was married this whole time went back to her husband and settled down and lived a nice like happy life to a ripe old age lark went around and did all of these shenanigans slept with all the ladies got banished from a couple of places got pardoned several times then found rose thorn settled down and lived her happily ever after life that tracks. this is my head that, that does track. nothing can change it lark is the reason why they have that reputation Yes. <laughs> it's only Lark. Lark's the only reason that reputation exists. Ooh, Frostpine too. Yeah. And Frostpine. Frostpine, yeah, Frostpine, Frostpine, Frostpine didn't help. No. He did not. The the other thing I want to mildly mention, but I can't get really super into it, is just the Ben saying people do give up on me. This hit home for a couple of reasons, and that whole paragraph of him just self-defeatist talk that he does in that whole paragraph is just there's there's so much there and like Daja uh whistles and Nia's like oh please don't let Jory hear you do that or still want to learn too and Daja's yeah. like give me credit for some sense <laughs> like yes D- Daja Daja is pretty smart she, she's not yes she knows Briar, on the other hand, (laughs) Briar would absolutely teach Jory to whistle. Oh yeah, for sure. So many fucking clues that Ben is the fucking fire setter. He's like, uh, he he refers to the fire setter as a he, because he knows who he is, and it is a man, and it is he himself who is setting these fires. And he calls him, like, besieged, and he's admiring his own fucking work, and Daja was just, like, a little too preoccupied to notice because she was obsessed with her own work. Mm, parallels. Also, you know, when he kind of trips, like, holding the glove when Haluta Salt is mentioned, it's becoming very, very obvious that he is guilty for Daja, but Daja's a little distracted and isn't quite picking up on it yet. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Part two of our three-step reading process is reading like a dedicate. This is where we look for a theme or a message in the chapter. What theme or message did you find? So I pulled out directly from, uh, why did she think he was mad? Madmen didn't burn anything mages could use to track them. Madmen wet themselves and talked to the air. They claimed to be gods and rocked in corners. They didn't come and go unnoticed. They didn't watch what they've done. Daja has a lot of, like, preconceptions of what this person should be. For me... I think the the wording I want to go with is preconceptions are not set in stone. You can think something of someone and it changes. And we see that several times in this chapter. We see a lot more of Ben giving hints that it's him. We see a lot of like Daja being very, this is how this person has to be. And we as readers know that that's, not the case and ben is trying to somehow be the voice of reason with telling her yeah no that's not how people are Ironic. um pre- preconceptions are not always accurate mine's the same <laughs> i worded mine though as people aren't black and white and but we've basically already talked that to death but basically the I- same thing yeah that that is pretty much it is people are not uh, they don't go in boxes People they don't, don't fit in boxes. Don't put them in a box. No. You can't label them as one thing because yeah. that's not. You can't just look at somebody and be like, hmm, that person's evil. That- However, you can go, mm, that person's about to do something crazy. That's true. But I also feel like with our society, like there were a lot of serial killers that were like so charming and like nobody would have thought that they could have done such terrible terrible things and because they were just so nice and so handsome and just can't, couldn't do that kind of thing and then they ended up being serial killers murdering everybody so like so yeah you can't just look at somebody and know that they're evil or sometimes that they're up to no good or 
people aren't black and white. You can't just look at them and be like, mm, nope, that guy's off. Pretty horrifying to think about. Yeah. Uh, I kind of started on that same note and I was like, hmm, I wonder if there's a way that I can like bring together sort of, because kind of the major things, the major scenes we have in this are Daja and Jory and the Daja and Ben. I was like, I wonder if there's a connection I can find there. And so this is the connection that I found. Daja is teaching Jory to be prepared in any event, right? Jory's just kind of supposed to stand there with her staff at the ready, and she doesn't know exactly when and where Daja is going to strike, and she has to be able to defend it no matter what. Daja is also needing to be prepared in any event. She's about to get struck, and she doesn't know when and where it's going to happen. Yeah. Very true. How powerful. That's that's a very good one. Uh, The theme that I found is totally different from you all, uh, and it's recovery. Oh, you pull an indie. I'm indie today. Look at me. I'm indie now. (laughs) So yeah, Daja is kind of dealing with the physical and psychological, like, recovery after her very traumatic incident at the Josseric house. Clearly her magic is still a little weak and that will come back with rest and meditation, but the psychological scars that she suffered from that uh, will continue to hurt her for, I don't know, the foreseeable future because who knows how trauma works. Like she tries to work through it by going up to the house and seeing the aftermath and everything. And that's, you know, one way to go about it. But um, she is 14 and literally had like, she saved a bunch of lives, but with survivor's guilt, that's still not enough. Anybody that is lost in that way, uh, you end up blaming yourself either for not doing more or doing the wrong thing. And it's tough. You know, her spirit is in turmoil. She's still trying to make sense of that night and those deaths. And she's starting to get back into being herself, I feel. Like she's starting to get back into skating trying to get some normalcy back in her life it does not help that she comes from a culture that pushes survivor's guilt as it were if you survive you're bad luck i mean we've seen her kind of go through that and that may no longer be like ingrained deeply in her but it may still have an effect definitely part three of our three-step reading process is reading like a mage. This is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives. What magic were you able to craft out of this chapter? I guess I'll go. Um, So what I found was trust your instincts. Um, There's all these different things that Ben is saying to Daja and it's making her uncomfortable and she doesn't know why. It's like, girl, trust your instincts obviously something is wrong here and she just keeps brushing it off like ah he's a good guy it's fine um so yeah trust your instincts and yeah Dasha, Dasha also is teaching Jory to trust her instincts as well with the staff meditation meditation thing so yeah trust your instincts this one hit a little close to home this week Ben says are you giving up on me Daja And then later on reiterates, you won't let me down, will you? Have a lot of anxieties when it comes to people who are my friends just leaving. I know that we've kind of talked about this before, like you guys all know, but 
um, I have a lot of fear that like sometimes I'm just not going to be enough and somebody's just going to be done and they're going to leave and that's going to be that. And I was reading something the other day and it was like everybody has anxieties in that vein, like it, a big or small, but some people have larger ones where they feel very hurt and abandoned if say like a friend doesn't talk to him for a couple of days and then like messages them and they're like hey you know cool what's what's up how, how are you been like whatever life happens and uh and in that time between the last time they talk and the next time they message it's the oh well they're doing stuff with other friends they don't want me anymore they don't care about me anymore they're gonna leave me and like I know personally I need to get better at the oh you're just gonna leave me like everybody else does because I do that a lot like oh I'm sorry that I'm boring or I'm sorry that like it's not fun to hang around with me or I'm sorry I'm annoying because all I can talk about is pirate brain rot um we as human beings are social creatures and we need to depend on one another but like you can't put your anxieties and your frustrations and your trauma onto other people because if you do say enough that oh you're gonna leave me like everybody else does you're gonna eventually push them away they are gonna leave and it's not because they don't want to but how is somebody supposed to love you when all you're telling them is to leave I was real bad about that on Monday, <laughs> real bad about that, and like kind of got into a fight with one of my really, really good friends. We're cool, I think, now, so it's fine, but don't push people away just because you're scared. People love you. <laughs> they think you're neat. They want to listen to what you talk about. They don't think you're stupid or boring or dumb. You just have to... You have to tell that little voice in your head to shut up. <laughs> and when you feel the most hurt and the most like, oh, you don't want to be around me, that's not the time you need to talk about it. You need to talk about it when you're comfortable and you'd be like, hey, look, I know that you're not meaning to do this, but this makes me feel like this. And that's my trauma and I need to work through it. But... I'm telling you as an explanation, not a thing to make you feel guilty, because that's another thing is if you tell them in the moment, hey, you hanging out with this person makes me feel unwanted, they suddenly feel like they are responsible for your emotional well-being, and that will also drive them away. So, yeah, you're not dumb, you're not boring. You might be annoying when you talk about gay pirate brain rot and can't talk about anything else for three weeks straight. Don't push people away just because you're scared. Yeah. That's a, that's a good one. I struggle with that as well. Love y'all too. Love you. You, you are enough. Like like I said, I mean, like, it's, it's that little voice that tells you, you know, oh, well, everybody else has left. These people are going to leave too. And like, that's trauma. Is that something you just turn off or? Yeah. But so, like, when I was rereading that, I just see, are you giving up on me? Because people do give up on me. Like, I'm just like, oh, God, this is me. This was literally me. <laughs> you just talk about gay pirate brain rot for 
20 minutes and then I'll talk about Animorphs for 20 minutes and it'll yeah, be fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. People have hyperfixations. It's the thing. Listen, our flag means death has completely taken over my life and I don't know what I'm going to do about it. I feel personally victimized by David Jenkins and Taika Waititi and his fucking heart emoji eyes going on record. And I feel like maybe the point of this chapter is for us to have that moment where we can kind of connect to Ben. And maybe the point of this book is for us to realize that like Ben, we all have the potential to be both good and bad. I thought this, the point of this book was to say that George Bush did 9-11, but I guess we can all take our own <laughs> personal things out of it. <laughs> I've already made my point on that. <laughs> Not going to continue that argument. Uh, so my personal, I really don't want to get super into this. This is like literally one of those like hour long conversations. But um, the personal magic uh, was Sandry's letter um, and kind of Dodge's response to that. Uh, the whole kind of crime punishment spectrum that is involved in all of this. Like, um, I used to kind of be pretty gung-ho about the death penalty being like, yeah, there's some people you can't fix. And frankly, it's better if we just get rid of them. But like, where where does that line need to be and how do you cross it and it's the state taking away the life of an individual it's it's such a not good thing at all um rehabilitation needs to be what we need to be focusing on instead of punishment for people that commit crimes obviously if someone is not someone is not capable of integrating into society in a you know non-harmful way we should keep them locked up but it's interesting to see you know Daja's take on if she would be able to take a life in that situation that uh Sandry was in because of I guess just her 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 morals obviously Sandry didn't want to do that but she realized that if she didn't kill the Dinohars they would go off and kill other people literally immediately after so it's this kind of you know moral take from Daja of if she's capable of doing the same thing or if stopping them and trying to get them help is the proper thing to do and it's a very I think gray area it just kind of comes down to each individual's you know the people in the book and the people that are reading what the correct answer is because there isn't one but I thought it was an interesting topic to, to kind of bring up. Uh, like expand on that a little bit since we have already also read Breyer's book and Briar also killed somebody and kind of inadvertently caused someone else to take their own lives. So we've seen two very different reactions to taking a life. Sandry is beyond devastated, doesn't know like what to do. And Briar's just like, well, we gotta keep moving. We'll unpack that later. Let's just he had go. It coming. Yeah. yeah, like we we've always seen Sandry as the first to be like, Well, you're hurting my friend, you're hurting this animal. I'm a beach fucking ass. Briar has always been like, Oh, well, everybody else is in a fight, so I guess it's my turn now. Let's go. And like Dodge has always been the more sensible, laid back one. She can be driven to a point. We've seen her in physical altercations in the other books. In comparison to how these two handled their situations, 
it kind of gives that what does Daja do in the same situation and it, it kind of does bring up that everybody has their opinions on what should be done with people who are criminals and how that should be taken care of and what exactly is a justified punishment and there's a lot of gray area there that like nobody seems to be able to pinpoint exactly yeah i really like that we get this in this chapter because we've already seen two previous chapters where very briefly we've seen namorn's justice system and we've seen the like the prisoners who um like clean out the ice so that people can go skating and daja has been very oh well you know they committed a crime so they deserve what they got and now there's this moment where she's starting to see more complexity and this is again the same chapter where she's talking to ben about oh well this person must be evil and he's like eh yeah things don't really work that way once you're an adult really interesting to see daja starting to grow in her understanding of kind of the complexity of justice and what that should or should not constitute which is why the end of this book is going to be really interesting because we're gonna see you know how does how does she deal with all of those feelings and and all of those opinions when it's somebody she knows At the end of our episodes, we like to include an excerpt from the following chapter. So this is an excerpt from chapter 13 of Cold Fire. Daja skated home. It was too late to meet Nia. The skies were dark, the lamplighters busy at their work, and shadows lay over the canal ice. Daja stumbled three times on uneven spots, but managed not to fall each time. She was proud of herself as she glided into the basin at Bankanor House. Like Jory and Nia, she had come a good way in a short time. Frostpine was in Unusa's kitchen, basking in front of the large hearth as he idly made links of steel wire for mail. Nia sat across from him, dutifully carving buttons. Would you mind if I came? Frostpine asked when Nia stood to follow Daja. I won't be in the way. Daja put her hands on her hips. I could have used your help when I started this, she pointed out perturbed. Did he want to take over Nia's teaching? Had he seen things Daja had done wrong? If he wanted to take over, shouldn't she be glad that an experienced mage wanted to step in? Stop that, replied her sensible self. If he thought you had done badly, he would have mentioned it the night you saw him meditate with her. No, you couldn't have used my help earlier, Frostpine said coolly. When you four were given medallions, it meant you had permission to fumble your way to a teaching style, just as the rest of us did. It was also understood that you knew enough about magic to do so successfully. Most who wear it never have their teachers so close to oversee when they find their first students, you know. That seems careless, Daja informed him. Magic so often is, Frostpine reminded her. Daja sighed. He had to be telling the truth about teaching. He never lied to her. The schoolroom's cold, she pointed out. No, it isn't, Anusa said. She was basting a roast. I sent a footman up to build the fire when Raviki Nia came home. Daja shook her head at the grinning Frostpine. Come on if you're coming then, she said, letting Nia lead the way. Once the protections were set, Daja and Nia returned to their work as Nia tucked her magic into her pine knot. 
Frostpine slipped into his own power, keeping it in the small, tight ball it normally occupied inside his chest. His attention was turned inward. He'd simply wanted to meditate. Daja, relieved, concentrated on Nia. Tonight, only a double handful of tendrils escaped the younger girl. She pulled each back quickly, her face serene. Daja enjoyed Nia's quiet and Frostpine's solidity so much that she jumped when the clock struck. Beautiful, Frostpine said once Nia had gone. You've brought her along well. You have a knack for teaching. Daja felt warmth in her cheeks that had nothing to do with the hearth fire. You really think so? She asked shyly. He hugged her with one arm as they went downstairs. You're patient and steady, he said. Nia feels your confidence in her. It gives her confidence in herself. And Jory? Daja asked uncertain. Did you want to look in on that? Frostpine shook his head, his mane and beard flopping. Too early, too cold. And that girl is much too wide awake at that hour. Besides, old Skyfire knew what he was doing when he taught you fighting meditation. I agree. Too cold, too early. And somebody with way too much energy, fuck that. <laughs> Reading Circle Temple is produced by us, Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like the show, tell your friends about us. If you don't like the show, tell your enemies. <laughs> Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Or tell us what you think by emailing us at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com. Find all of our episodes at readingcircletemple.com and find more sound clips by following the Reading Circle Temple on SoundCloud. Never miss a post by following Reading Circle on Tumblr. You can also follow Reading Circle Temple on Facebook and join the Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. See our cats by following Reading Circle Temple on Instagram. Or you can tweet at us at Reading Temple. A special thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. If you like their art, follow Yellows for Happy Draws on Tumblr and Shannon and Draws on Instagram. Another special thanks to Brittany's brother, Thomas Dick, for our music. Find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic, and thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. Um, I had a friend who went to a private school that she I'm trying to remember she either got kicked out of it or ended up having to like cut her hair off uh because she dyed her hair in inappropriate color and I think she had meant to dye it black but it hadn't worked and it come out blue or something or maybe she just hadn't like realized that she was gonna break a rule I don't know but they had some rule about you can only dye your hair natural colors and she tried to argue it is natural the sky is naturally blue Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.